Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We started off just now in the room talking about ungrateful toddlers. I cannot. We had a conversation. We're talking about Tyler's uh, daughter, my son, and how they don't appreciate the gift of a nap. Parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. These kids, they don't want a nap. They want to run you ragged all day long. You wait as a parent for that nap. You do. You savor that hour or two. And you know it's it's like death warmed over when that two nap drops down to one nap. You know. You know you cry a little inside. We love them to pieces, but we just need a little break. And somehow they don't get tired. So Tyler was telling me a story about his daughter eating a bunch of snacks and hanging out and probably driving everybody a little crazy. They love her, but you know, the kids drive you a little crazy and then still not ready for a nap. And Hartley does the same thing. He will just run us like out in the Florida heat, no less. Finally, we sit down and we're like, oh, it's nap time. And he's like, oh, no, uh-uh. Sometimes I find him, you know what he does? He crawls on top of his chest and he lifts open the curtain and he takes his binoculars and he's just out there just looking out the window for like 20 minutes. Oh man, these kids. I'm telling you, what I would give for a nap. Tyler, would you not give a lot just to have that daily nap back? The nap. So the nap is good. I like the sleeping in. Mm. But it's like I plan my whole day. (laughs) around that nap. that nap it's like i'm gonna put her down i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna run out to the store i'm gonna go run these errands i'm gonna go do this and then it just gets later and later and later in the day and i'm like god it's it's 3 30 what the fuck am i gonna do to run errands until 5 30 it's amazing parents the things you it's if you could ever look back on your life before you had kids and you just think of you know what i said i'll never forget it i was pregnant i was hella pregnant too i had a belly that was it was something. I'll just say that. It looked like there were like four or five babies in there. It was just one and a lot of food. But I remember sitting there and saying to my husband, do you hear that? And he was like, what? And I said, the silence. We're not going to hear that anymore after this. I had a little bit of panic. And as it turns out, you don't. You, it's filled with joy, yes. And I love him to pieces. But I'm telling you, man, when you take toddlers, if you're listening, hopefully you're not because it's not an age-appropriate show for you. But if you are, you need to take that nap. Shout out to the toddlers. Shout out to the toddlers out there who want to hear my live reacts to the Will Smith apology. First, take your nap. All right. I just spit on my lip. I'm going to wipe it because, you know, the guys in the room like to not tell you when you do that. So who knows how long it'll be there when we cut clips. Everyone subscribe. Don't forget to hit your subscribe button. Don't forget to like. Come on. You got to like that video. Do it for me now. So I got asked by several people to cover the Will Smith apology. I know it was about a week ago that this was released. I wasn't going to cover it because it was it was all kinds of crazy. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't going to do it. But I got several requests. And then Eric here over at Valuetainment said yesterday, why didn't you cover that? Or you should cover that. And I said, all right. I'm, I'm just going to cave. I'm going to do it. So if you all remember, it was the slap heard around the world. It was uh, that slap about, I guess it was over four months ago now, about four and a half months ago, when they were at the Oscars and Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Chris Rock had made a joke about Jada, uh, Will's wife. Um, he had said something about G.I. Jane. And you know, Jada's got the alopecia, so she took it to heart. It was a very bizarre thing that unfolded, if you guys remember watching it, because Will initially laughs at the joke. And then the camera comes back to him, and he's very upset. He's walking up on stage. You hear the slap. You, he later says something like, keep your wife's, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. It was heated. He looked angry. But the question was, did he get angry because Jada got angry? Did he get angry on his own? Anyway, everybody was mad. Everybody was talking about it. Should he have done that? He shouldn't have done that. Big debate unfolds. 
four and a half months go by. <laughs> you don't hear anything from him. And all of a sudden, we are gifted, gifted, I say, with this pre-produced apology video. And when I say produced, I mean produced. There was text. You'll see. So the only way to really do this, you asked for it, so don't be mad when I do it, is to go through and do a live reacts of what he's saying. But so Tyler, you have that. We're going to pull it up. It's called It's Been a Minute. It's actually been months, but you know, whatever. And you notice immediately, you're like, what's going on here? There's text on the screen. It's been a minute. Over the last few months, I've been doing a lot of thinking and personal work. Now, why didn't he just come on and say that, you might wonder, and just start off and be like, hey, everyone, listen, super casual, like, I decided that I needed to make this. No, instead, it already looks like something that came out of a television studio. That's mistake number one. Okay, so let's roll it. And I'm going to have you pause, Tyler, and just give some response to what's going on here, because the madness is about to ensue. Let's go. Okay. They got to set up. It's like a whole thing. You asked mm -hmm. a lot of fair questions that I wanted to take the time to answer. The producer inputs into the screen. I mean, okay, he takes the seat. <laughs> got to clear his throat. Mm -hmm. Got to wait for a cue. You see the poster in the Why back? didn't you apologize okay. to Chris in your acceptance speech? Um, okay, so just right off the bat, why all of a sudden does he seem like he can't read? What's going on there? I don't understand. He's an actor. Like, what is going on? It's like, why did you, did he not? I mean, if you're going to do it rehearsed, look at the, the whole scene. Is set. He's got a bottle of water, box water, love it, but he's got a bottle of water set out there. What does the poster say? The world is sick. Love is the cure. Stop it. Of, of course. How appropriate. So it's very staged, guys, right? So right off the bat, you're like, if you're going to do something like this, listen, my advice to you, if you feel the need to apologize, first of all, don't wait four months. Secondly, maybe just maybe, don't have it be pre-produced. Just sit in front of, you don't need a microphone. Just take your phone out and just make, say it. Say what you gotta say. Okay, we're gonna continue. Let's pull it back up. Sorry, very distracting. I was fogged out by that point. It's, 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 it's all fuzzy. I've reached out to Chris um, and the, mes the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk. talk. And when he is, he will reach out. Okay. Um, so I will, I will say to you, uh, Chris. He just told him I he's not ready to talk. So why did you then go and make this video? Now you're going to address Chris. Wait, it gets better. He's going to address his mom, the whole family. If he's not ready to talk, give the guy a second. And then that's it. You can apologize to him when he's ready. Why do we all have to hear the apology that you're going to make to Chris? Okay, there's another reason that this happened. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's continue. You guys can leave it on the screen too because I'm going to keep doing this. Okay. Apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable. And weird. And I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. Um, I, I want to apologize to Chris's mother. I saw an interview that Chris's mother did. And, you know, that was one of the things about that moment. I just didn't realize and, you know, I wasn't thinking, but how many people got hurt in that moment. So I want to uh, apologize to Chris's mother. Doesn't this I ring? I mean, look at what you're watching. This guy looks like he's on some type of film set. There's like a microphone over there. Doesn't this seem very odd to you? It's supposed to be, apologies should be intimate, right? 
You're making an apology to somebody's mother, to their family. What is going on here? Who, what, what PR person needs to be fired, honestly, for, for recommending this, this format? Again, had he taken out a phone and said like, hey guys, I know it took me a while. I feel the need to say this. I got to get it off my chest. Here's what's going on. Like I did something stupid, you know, four months ago. I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. I haven't been able to make a direct apology, but I just want everyone to know, like I've thought about it. It sucked. Like just a casual, you see the difference between what I'm doing and this ridiculous display. What is going on here? He doesn't even look like he's present. He looks like he's kind of in a fog and like his whole personality is on vacation somewhere and there's this shell of a person that is delivering some message that somebody told him, this is what you gotta say. I, I, I just don't even, or he looks exhausted beyond measure, like he's been tortured for the last four months for whatever reason and now he's gotta do this. It just doesn't seem like a guy who came to the table and just said, you know what, I gotta get, it, get this off my chest and feels lighter as a result of saying it. Something's going on here that's not right. Okay, let's keep playing. To uh, Chris's family, uh, specifically Tony Rock, you know, we had a great relationship. You know, Tony Rock was my man. Um, and uh, this, this, is, this is probably irreparable. Um, I spent the last three months um, replaying and understanding the nuances and, and the complexities of what happened in, in that moment. Um, and I'm not gonna try to unpack all of that right now, but I can say to all of you, there is no part of me that thinks that was the right way to behave so in that confused. moment. So I'm confused. Like, it took four months. I don't understand why. Like, what is the purpose of this video, right? Because he could have just said, I'm sorry, like, the next day, right? I think anybody could sit back and be like, all right, I walked on stage. I slapped somebody. That was not the right time, the right place, the right moment. It, like, I didn't apologize in my acceptance speech. So I think what everybody was waiting for was for him to unpack. He's saying he's not going to unpack it. Why wait four months and then do a, a pre-staged pre, like staged video with cameras and text on the screen? And it's like questions from, I don't know who sent those questions in, blown up on the screen. If you're not going to unpack it, like what, what complexities? What, new, what are you talking about? Was it just, to me, it seemed like somebody who overreacted, who let their you know, temper get the best of them in that moment. When, is there more going on here? If so, like, isn't that the whole point of a five minute video? Like, what are we sitting here for? Just for the apology that like, you could have given like the next day? I'm sorry, I don't mean to be cruel, but it just seems like, what? What, what are we getting from this? All right, let, let me give him benefit of the doubt. Let's keep going. There's no part of me that thinks that's the optimal way to handle a feeling of disrespect or, or insults. After Jada rolled her eyes, did she tell Remember you that. to do something? She did roll no. her eyes and then he reacted um, differently. People like, noticed. You know, I'm, I made a choice on my own, mm -hmm, honey. from my own experiences, mm -mm. from my history with Chris. Jada Go back and watch the video, people, though. Go back and watch the video. Be honest about it, whether you're Will Smith. I happen to like him as an actor. I'm a fan. I think he's a great actor. I like his work. I do. But there's something else going on here because if you watch the old video, go back and watch it. You can find it anywhere. Google it. It's everywhere. You will see 
that that joke is made and he's all like, ha, 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 ha. He doesn't look mad. Not even a teeny bit mad. The camera goes to her. She is pissed. Then the next thing you see is him walking up on stage. So did something happen? I don't I don't know that she had the time to tell him to do something, but there was a look exchange. He got a message from his wife that that was not she didn't find that funny probably felt anxious in the moment. What do I do? I got to like stand up for her. Didn't have time to process it. And boom, that's my estimation of what went on. To say that she had no role, that, mm, I don't know, the tape says something different. Let's keep watching. With it. Uh, I'm sorry, babe. Um, I'm going to say sorry to my, my kids and, and my family for the heat that I brought on all of us. Um, To all my fellow nominees, you know, this is a community. It's like I won because you you voted for me. And it it, it really breaks my heart to have stolen and and tarnished tarnished your moment. Doesn't that, these people Um, were nominated four months ago. Doesn't it seem odd to say that now? I mean, does, is there not a significant delay here? Given the type of message, now if he had come out and said, I went to therapy, I figured out X, Y, and Z, or he's gonna reveal some new information, fine. To my fellow nominees, like it's already, what? it's almost time for the next, uh, the next award show. Okay, let's keep going. I can still see Quest loves Eyes, you know, it, it happened on Quest Love's uh, award, and you know, it's like I'm 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 sorry, really isn't sufficient. What would you say to the people who looked Questions up to you screen. before the slap, or people who expressed that you let them down? Um, this guy, can I just tell you though, this is an actor. He's trying to make it look now like he hasn't seen the question. Like, oh, let me see. This is, it's now we have an actor trying to pretend like something that's rehearsed isn't rehearsed. Like, let's give it an unpolished look. Let me, let me pretend like I can't really, oh, what's that question? You saw all the questions that admit. Come on, Will. Again, I like you. I really do. But this is silly. This is silliness going on here now. Come on. Something else is prompting this whole charade of this apology four and a half months later, this, you know, I'm torn up to my fellow nominees. Something else happened. Is it Jada? Is there, I had heard that she has that show, what's called The Red Table, where she, her daughter, her mother go, I had heard there had been some backlash that they were getting with respect to the show because of what, something's going on here. This PR involved. Is there a new movie coming out? You're worried that you may be tainted by what went on here. It, this just doesn't read as I woke up today and had to give the apology. I mean, come on. Let's keep going. We'll watch till the end. So there's two things. One, um, disappointing people is my central trauma. Um, I hate when I let people down. Um, so it, it hurts uh, it hurts me psychologically and emotionally to know I didn't live up to uh, people's image and impression of me. Doesn't it also and, seem weird that he thinks that four months later people are still like jet laser focused on this? 
I mean, I don't know. Is it like a celebrity sense of self-importance thing? Like in the moment, yeah, it was wild, right? The next day you were talking about it. Four months later, I don't know if people are still like, Will Smith, he really disappointed me. I don't know if that's on the tip of their tongue still. Maybe if you're a huge Will Smith, that's why I'm saying, wait for it. Something's going to happen. You're going to see something roll out and he's going to be, you're going to see why he had to do this because he doesn't want the last memory that people have of him to be that slap heard around the world. He wants it to be this heartfelt, pre-produced apology that he never gave. Let's keep going. The work I'm trying to do is I am deeply remorseful and I'm trying to be remorseful without being ashamed of myself. Also, right? he's a little I'm bit human. like public therapy. Like he's going through the therapy with us. It's awkward, isn't it? Tyler, is this awkward for you? It's super awkward and it seems super disingenuous. It, it's, it's awkward. It's, he's, he seems like he's not comfortable on his own skin. It's self-absorbed. It's like people are still hanging on to that moment and he kind of needs you to be hanging on to that moment because he didn't do the proper apology. So now you can like, it can be tied up in a little bow. Like it, it, he doesn't even seem like, y'all seen Will Smith in interviews and like on camera and this doesn't even seem like him. It's like, is there an imposter? It just doesn't have his vibe, his energy. It doesn't, it's like, it's like someone set this up for him and sat him down and now he's got to play the role of what they need him to be in this moment, but I don't feel it. I, this does not feel genuine to me. I want it to, right? Because if you're gonna go through all this trouble and pre-produce it and do all this and have the water and the poster behind you, may as well. No, it just doesn't. Let's play the end and then we'll wrap it up. And I made a mistake and I'm trying not to think of myself as a piece of shit. Um, so I would say to those people, I know it was confusing. I know it was shocking. Um, but I, I promise you, I am uh, deeply devoted and committed to putting light and love and joy into the world. I don't believe, like, and, I don't need to do like the same you know, emotion. It's like, it's, he's got the same emotion through the whole thing. It's like just dead. He's got the, I don't know, he just looks comatose to me. The camera angles, oh, let's make sure we get him sitting, make sure we get the whole angle of him sitting behind the, it's ridiculous. Okay, I'm done with this video. It's ridiculous, it's ridiculous, okay? I don't know why he did it. I don't know why the delay, I don't know why pre-produced, I don't know why they listen to these PR people who don't know what the hell they're doing, again. Will, you want to say you're sorry? You went to some therapy? I can't imagine why you wouldn't say that the next day, four months. Nobody advised you then? Hey, listen, just put out an apology. That was messed up. You don't go on stage and slap somebody in the face like that. You know better. Just say something. Nobody advised him then? Okay, maybe they didn't. He didn't listen. It took him four months to listen. He went through whatever it may be. Does that seem genuine to you? Now, part of the reason it doesn't seem genuine is because there's a set and there's the angles, and there's the words on the screen, and there's the like odd distance between him and you. Imagine had he picked up his phone for real and just said, hey everybody, I'm checking in, um, I gotta get something off my chest. And it was just that. Wouldn't that have hit you better than, than that charade? 
And these celebrities, honestly, like, I hate to say it, but the world does not revolve around your moments. It was a big deal four months ago. People aren't hanging on the edge of their seat waiting for your apology. And you know what? If they, you put another movie out and it's a great movie, they're going to have forgotten about that slap. It's over. It's done. The moment has passed. Should you have apologized? Yes. Done. There have been like 50 celebrity scandals since then that people have their eye on, right? They've moved on. There's something else going on. Also, most people right now, I love celebrities. They live in a little bubble in Hollywood. Most people like trying to figure out how to put gas in their tanks. They're not sitting on the edge of their seat waiting to see what you're going to say in the apology. And people who watch it, I guarantee you, are like, what did I just waste five minutes of my life for? I learned nothing new. You didn't explain anything. You didn't unpack anything to me. You just said you're sorry. Okay, next. Do better. I don't know, man. Tyler, your reaction to this, I'm curious to see how it hit you. One thing that sticks out to me is that this only works with Chris Rock, right? He doesn't go up and slap Jason Momoa or right. The Rock or like Adam Sandler. or right. No, this only works right. with Chris Rock. True. And I think you nailed it earlier. Who's giving him these questions? Nobody actually wants to know the answers to these questions. What do you say to people who looked up to you? I don't give a shit about that. Don't I want to know cares. why you snagged Chris Rock. Yeah, why did you hit him? Why don't you just tell people? You, you want to put out a video that really... Just tell people why in that moment you thought it was appropriate to get up. Like, why? Were you like, oh, shit? But be honest with... Also, I will tell you, people can read that shit right away. You're not being honest. Those were not honest responses. Those were PR-checked responses. You ran those answers through somebody. They helped you figure out what to say. They put a little check mark and handed it back to you. They probably, real, like, audience tested yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Ran it to they poll tested it. You know, like, these pol- politicians and actors are not that different. Instead, of, he could have just come out and been like, you know what? I lost my mind in that moment. I don't even know what the hell I was doing. It was like, she she got made fun of. I look at her. I'm looking around. I like my, I snapped. I get up, and before I know it, I did something stupid, and then I was just humiliated. Had he said that, you would have been like, okay. I can't. Celebrities, honestly, two tips. Stop listening to these publicists. They don't know what they're doing, honestly. They really don't. I know that you pay them a lot of money, but this stage nonsense, uh, you should have picked up your phone and just said something from the heart. And secondly, everybody knows you're an actor. This is bad acting. Will, this is bad. If you're trying to get your next movie, this ain't going to help. This is really bad act. You did a really shitty job of portraying somebody who was really, really remorseful and in touch with their words four and a half months later on a stage set with your box water. Come on. And I like you. I'm saying this as somebody who is a fan. Do better. Be more authentic. People expect it. You want people to forgive you? People are very forgiving. Seriously. They will forgive a lot when it comes to celebrities that they love. But this stuff... It's nauseating. It's nauseating. All right. Speaking of what's nauseating, we're going to move on. Bill Maher is giving some great commentary lately. Of course, he's making everybody mad, right? <sighs> he's talking about fat acceptance. Okay. Now, we did it on the show. We talked about how obesity is being not only normalized, but, you know, lifted up like it's the holy grail now. Now it's cool to be obese. You know, it's, it's, it's positive. It's beautiful. It's healthy. So the experts in the uh, woke kingdom say. So on Friday night, he has a closing monologue. And this is the title of the article of the Daily Mail. Bill Maher says, woke fat acceptance is now a national security issue because obesity is driving down Pentagon recruitment and slam social justice warriors Orwellian obsession with body positivity. 
It's a great title. That's exactly what he does on the show. And what he does is he cites uh, a New York Times of all places. Think about that, too, for a second. 2019 article that showed that about a third of potential recruits now to the military are too overweight to enlist. A third of them. Too overweight to enlist. Think about that for a second. Let's read from the Daily Mail. The article also noted that obesity rates in the Army, Air Force, and Marine Corps have doubled in less than a decade, while the Navy obesity rates have risen sixfold since 2011. Those rates could negatively impact physical performance and military readiness. The authors, now these are authors of the Defense Department's Medical Surveillance Monthly Report. This is their job to surveil this stuff and give information about it. This is what Mars says. And if you're in any way participating in this joyful celebration of gluttony that goes on now, you have blood on your hands, full stop. You can make believe you're fighting some great social justice battle for a besieged minority, but what you're really doing is enabling addicts, interesting, food addicts, which I thought we decided was bad. There's a disturbing trend going on in America these days, rewriting science, interesting, to fit ideology or just to fit what you really, what you want reality to be. We've gone from fat acceptance to fat celebration. It's a great way to put it. This is new. Letting, your go, letting yourself go to a point of pride. And he goes on and on and on. And the article actually study, uh, also cites a study by Johns Hopkins University from December. And some of the numbers they give in here, people, it's crazy. The average body mass index increased 4.6 points over the past four decades. The number of overweight people between the ages of 18 to 25 went from about 18% in the late 1970s to nearly 24% by 2018. And it says the largest spike in measurements was in the prevalence of obesity. That's having a BMI of 30 or higher, which increased from about 6% to nearly 33% in that time period. So people, bottom line, people are getting dangerously fat. Okay, that's not a PC way to say it. They're getting fat. It's dangerous to their own health and well-being. And it's being glorified. And it's being people are being told, no, no, fat is beautiful. And they're getting the wrong message, right? They're getting the wrong message. What you should be told is this is not healthy for you. You're predisposing yourself to a number of conditions, to a number of diseases. Listen, you want to you be overweight. You want to not care about that. That's up to you. You have that right 100%. Make that decision for yourself. But these people who are now influencers who are out there and they're like, oh, appreciate your body and they're grossly overweight and they've got like a cheeseburger in one hand and french fries in the other and they're making a mockery out of health and wellness, that's a disgrace. It's a national disgrace. And all the magazines that are complicit in this and all of the media that's complicit in this, he says they're going to have blood on their hands. Well, he's saying that because these people are going to be closer. You're inching closer to death when you're obese. It's a reality. In the same way, why is it not... Why does it not bother people when we say things like those who are grossly underweight, for example, are problematic? You can look at someone who looks anorexic and you can say, that's not healthy. That's not good for you. Right? Why can't you look at somebody who's obese and make the same commentary? Well, because it's not politically correct to do so. Sorry, I had to take that so that I didn't have a coughing spell. All right. So... Why is this happening? The why of this is significant, right? And one part of it is woke culture, as we just talked about. We, I think one of my first shows here, we exposed Cosmo magazine. We talked about, you know, all of these women's magazines that are now glorifying, like, fat is healthy, fat is beautiful, all of that. Go on Instagram, though. It's, it's really quite remarkable what you'll see. 
The other part of this is that people are addicted to screens, right? So we are more sedentary than we've ever been. They want you, you know, sitting looking at the metaverse. We talk about that all the time on your phone, on your computer. And it's affecting kids at disproportionate rates. I want, you, I want to show you a picture. Tyler, if you don't mind pulling this up. This is a 1970s beach photo. I don't know how closely you can see what's going on there. But you have to, you're like looking. Everybody looks fit. Everybody looks like they've been to a gym. You don't see obesity. You don't, you have to really comb through to see, huh, what's going on here? And you have to ask yourself why. What's interesting about this is that it wasn't a time where gym culture was a thing, right? Gym culture is new. Gym culture is something we do now. That wasn't what it was like then. But you know what people were doing back then? They were getting outside. They were active, they weren't on their phones. They were hanging out. They were playing volleyball. They were, do- they were doing something. What's horrifying to me about this is that you walk around, seriously do it, pay attention to kids. There are some, and I'm not going to sugarcoat, there are some very fat kids running around. Okay, now I know the baby fat on the infants is cute and all that. That's different. I'm talking about five-year-olds, six-year-olds, chunky, heavy, reaching for, watch what they, I take my kid to the playground, you would not believe the snacks that I see. Hartley comes over to me. He's got, you know what we bring? Nuts. Dehydrated, raw. He's got walnuts, pecans, uh, pistachios. Sometimes we'll you know, bring him a banana. He'll have some little fruit in a cup he likes. He likes strawberries. That's it. I see what I see, Dunkaroos, you know, those things you dunk in with the icing, old school fun dip. I'm like, what? crazy snacks everything in a in a bag everything packaged and you see these little kids that are overweight not in a healthy I'm not talking about robust you know because my kid is uh, he's got he's got traps it's crazy he's like "Mm." I put a picture up recently and I was showcasing his muscles because he eats a ton of grass-fed meat like he'll sit and eat two hamburgers like done um it's scary what's happening this obesity stuff is scary. I'm glad to see Bill Maher. Bill Maher doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. He makes a lot of money. He's got an audience that expects him to say what's what. Good for him. He talks about, he was the, remember when he really started taking heat? When he was talking about, you know, radical Muslim extremism. Took heat for that. He'll talk, he talked about the vaccine and the mandates too. He was like, what the hell, man? What's going on? And now, and he's not a conservative, Right. He's not. He'll talk about this now because it's disgusting what's going on. These magazines don't care that they're complicit in undermining the health and wellness of people, particularly women, I'll say. I see it a lot more with women around the country that are now obese and they're like fat and proud with a big t-shirt and a big ice cream. No, no, let's empower those people to, to have options to get healthier. We just got through COVID, didn't we? Went through that whole big thing with comorbidities and this, that. And what we found is that obesity was a comorbidity. That if you were obese, you were more likely to get chronically sick from COVID. In the beginning, right away, land in the hospital or to develop later problems, right? With your lungs, with this and that. So let's just be honest about it. If you want to be fat, great, be fat. Like, I don't care. But let's be honest about what that does to your body and your overall health. And for a long time, people were afraid to say it. And now I'm glad to see he's not. And when you think about that beach photo, really, honestly, take a minute. Go to a beach now. Go to a beach. And they do this, too, with the dad bod. Now, I like, 
I do. I like a little meat on a man. I've said that. I don't need you looking like you haven't. You've eaten nothing but, you know, salad for the last five weeks. I like a little meat. I do. I like a healthy, you know, a little ruddy complexion. That's my taste. But take a look around. Now with the dad bod. Now people I hear saying, oh, no, I want to see more love handles. I want to see a shaken belly. I don't want to see all that. You know why? Because it's not healthy to carry weight around your middle as a man. It's not. And I'm not going to be like, oh, like, excusing that. No, we got to be honest with people. It's not healthy. So I'm exhausted, man, and good for him. I'm going to be calling this out, too. I, I really, I would love to talk. I would really love to talk to people in the chat. Let me know. Would you like to hear me talk to somebody who says this is great? These influencers that are out there promoting fat culture. I'm going to call it what it is. Oh, this is great for women. How is it great for women? You want them inching closer to death more quickly? How is it great for men? It's not. And you know what? Those people don't look happy. They don't. They don't look happy, grossly overweight, at risk for disease, holding a cheeseburger and a milkshake. They don't look happy. They look like they're trying to make you think they look happy because they don't want to deal with the real issue, which is that they need to lose the weight. Bottom line. Okay, and I want to be a, a source of empowerment. You can do it. You can do it. You can make different choices. You can feel better. You know, I, I told that story on the show about how I was grossly underweight at one point when I was in high school. That was horrible. That was unhealthy. I needed to mentally check myself and get out of that. Same thing goes for the grossly overweight. I'm not walking on eggshells with this one. If you want to hear from someone who thinks that movement is fantastic and to shoot the shit, let me know. I don't know if they'll come on, but we can try. We can try. One of my one of my favorite parts about Bill Maher, I don't watch his, his show live, but I watch a lot of the clips because I yeah. do think he has interesting things to say. And he's obviously a progressive, right? He's nowhere near the right, nowhere near a conservative. Yeah. But my favorite part is when he calls something like this out and then his audience doesn't know what to do. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. When they have huge. no idea how to react. Yeah. They don't know if they should yeah. clap or boo or they're just, yeah. they're just lost like yeah. a deer in headlights. Yeah. And I think it really goes to show what kind of a person he is. I mean, he, he calls out the nonsense where he sees it. Yeah, because the audience is like, well... Like, they're so used to, like, walking on eggshells themselves. Like, well, this is okay to laugh at, but this isn't. And then they got to look to their left and right. Maybe there's a fat person over here who's going to... No. I'm, no. Like, he's telling you the truth. He's telling you the truth. And it is. Think about it. I mean, you're talking about the military. How many different areas of the military? It's, like, disgusting now what's going on. We talked about the woke culture. They're watching all these videos on pronouns. Now everybody's fat. We can't have that in the military. You can't be fat in the military. I remember I had a fat friend once. I'm not, I, I know people are going to be like, she's so offensive. But the truth is, the guy was fat and proud of it and ostentatious about it. And he wanted to be a fireman. And he went for the fireman's test. And they were like, get at in Staten Island, no less, which is like, I don't know if you know anything about Staten Island, but no shit is taken there. And he, the, the, the fire chief or whatever, whoever was, was like, get out of here. Come back when you've lost 100 pounds. And the guy was deeply offended and came home and we had a conversation about it. It was a group of us. And I was like, dude, you need to be able to carry people up and down those stairs. Like, this is life or death. This isn't like you auditioned to be on the cover of a magazine. You got you. This is life or death. Okay? That guy doesn't care about your feelings. He cares that you know if you want to be a fireman, you can't do it like this because you are now going to be a danger to somebody else's life. End of story. So he's talking about the military. Yeah, no shit. What's going on? Got to get a mandatory jab or you're, I just saw an article today about another bunch of 
you know, veterans, everyone's being just, you know, ostracized now. You didn't get the jab. I mean, what are they trying to do here to people? Really? It's just they want everybody to just be, you know, unhealthy, in a vegetative state, sitting, looking on social media, trying to make themselves feel better with some charade. Where are the real people that just say what's happening? Increasingly, the, the, the sum, summary of this is that increasingly, people don't speak the truth. And the few people that do, we have to give attention to, like Bill Maher, on this issue. Speaking of the truth, um, this was a fantastic article that came out from the Daily Mail. Woman 26 who underwent double mastectomy and hormone therapy detransitioned. Let me get that one. I don't even know where it is here. Do I not have it? I might not have it with me, Tyler. Bottom line, I don't need it. This is a woman 26 years old. Look at what it says. I now know that I am not a trans man. She underwent double mastectomy and hormone therapy to become male after just two hours. Two hours of counseling tells of her regret as she begins detransitioning back to female. Okay, there's a whole movement out there of people that are detransitioning who are coming out now. I don't know if you've heard this. It was in some of the people were in um, Matt Walsh's What is a Woman documentary. I don't know if you saw it. It's interesting, no matter where you stand on the issue. There are people now coming out and saying, I was able to go private. This particular woman originally went through the NHS, National Health Service of England. That's government-run health care, and they told her there was going to be a wait. So she said, oh, I don't want to wait. I'm going to go private and was able to have that minimal amount of time conversation with somebody. And they say, okay, winds up getting a double mastectomy and then panics a short time after and realizes, okay, this is not right. This is not what I want to do and doesn't go through with the remainder of the surgery. And now is out there warning people and saying, think about this. And even goes on to tell the story about how, you know, she was in a world where she was looking online and seeing people that felt out of place, people, people that felt out of their element, and was thinking, well, maybe that's me. Maybe that's me. And now is encouraging people to get a substantial amount of therapy, do a substantial amount of thinking, get a substantial amount of counseling to figure out what is really at the root of what's going on there. Don't forget to hit subscribe and hit like if you like the discussion that we're having right now. These people have been silenced that have detransitioned. They're repeatedly silenced. They're labeled bigots. She goes on to say in that article even that she has been referred to as anti-trans now. Has to deal with that label of being anti. This is somebody who herself went through a partial transition. Now is anti-trans. She's not anti-trans. She's just saying, look, I'm just telling you, a couple of hours is not enough time to make a decision of this caliber. It's not enough time to make a decision like this. But you can't talk about that, right? Because if you talk about that, you have to be willing to acknowledge that what's going on is crazy right now. And they're pushing this stuff on kids. We've talked about the puberty puberty blockers. We've talked about gender transition surgery for kids. Is it now going to be that you walk in, you're a parent, you walk in with your kid, and you sit for counseling for two hours, and your kid can get all of these drugs and potentially a surgical transition? Also, if somebody that's 26 years old, that's also a very young person, but if somebody 26 years old could go through something like that, come out the other side and say, I wasn't set in how I felt about this, what do you think a 13-year-old? They're not set in anything at 13. Everything is like fluid, how they feel about this, how they feel about that. You don't think maybe that child 
maybe who's been looking on the internet on TikTok and says, oh, I feel out of place. Maybe there's a kid out there that feels out of place in their community, doesn't know what's going on. Maybe they don't know. Their sexuality is kind of up in the air. They're confused. 13 years old thinking, I don't know what I am. I don't know. I don't fit in anywhere. There's a whole bunch of videos that you can pull up and, oh, well, this person transitioned and felt better. Oh, this person transitioned and, and got well. Oh, that's me. Let me do that. You don't think that could happen? Of course it can happen. You don't think that 13-year-old could change their mind in a few years and say, wait, that wasn't what it was about. Maybe it was about something else. Maybe it was about my family. Maybe it was about my sexuality, but not, not a desire to transition. Think about what's going on here. And now you have these people that have detransitioned that are raising these warnings and, and watch it. Wait for it and watch. They are going to be ostracized. They are going to be ostracized. Some have been already. Some of the people that, that were in the documentary that I mentioned from Matt Walsh have already been ostracized. Already on Twitter, I see the comments. Oh, you're disloyal. Disloyal. These people remember. These people are telling their stories. They have a right to tell those stories. They're trying to help somebody. They're trying to help somebody out there who may feel lost. And all they're saying is, give yourself a second. This is a really big decision. It's not reversible in many ways. It's, it changes your life in many ways. Please think it through. Please do more than two hours of a counseling session before you make this drastic decision. They're speaking to parents. You don't think they're speaking to parents? Of course they are. They're saying, just give it a pause. Give it some time. You, there's a way to be supportive of what your child is going through, whatever it may be, and not just a knee-jerk reaction with something that's medical, with something that has consequences, with something that may not be reversible. <sighs> well, and this chick was 21 when she transitioned, but uh, it's like you see in places like Seattle and Oregon, mm -hmm. and you don't even have to take your parents. You can be 13 right. years old, go to your doctor, and your doctor's legally required to give you and treat you with um, transitioning care, whatever the yeah, proper and what is term that? is, right? And what is that, really? Is it drugs? Is it now, once you start on the drugs, you're then put into counseling where whatever you thought is being fortified which you, which you may not be set on. You may just be like, think about a child. Like, I can't tell you how many things have been said to me in classrooms over the years where kids are just kind of like thinking out loud. Now it's like, oh, well, they thought. Get them into a program. Give it a second. This stuff, and depending upon where you live in the country, Tyler is right. These things sometimes can escalate very quickly and parents oftentimes have no idea what's going on. That's a scary reality for a parent. Very, very scary reality. Well, and they've, they've run numbers on this. And once somebody transitions, you have them for life. And the amount of profit that the drug companies and the pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. can make off of one person who transitioned is astounding. Right. Absolutely astronomical. Right. I, I want to say it's like upwards of half a million dollars that you can make off of these people. Yeah, of course, because it's drugs. You have to, once you start... If you're a biological woman, you want to become a man, that's not, you're not just going to have a surgery and that's going to happen. You have to change your whole hormonal composition or at least try to. And then you have to keep it that way. And you have to keep it that way. It's, so it's ongoing. A prescription, right. So, and that's, that's key about big pharma too, is that what you see unfolding, we just did a segment about obesity. Who benefits from that? Pharma. Why? Because the, the population is sick 
after that. They're sick. The population becomes ill, right? You're more predisposed to being chronically sick if you're obese. Big pharma, check. Maybe they'll be on heart medicine, <laughs> check. That's monthly. Maybe their thyroid will not, check. You know, now you've got all this gender stuff going on. You think pharma doesn't benefit? Of course they do. That is a lifetime guaranteed customer for hormonal drugs. It just seems like everything that's being pushed on people has a benefit for pharma to then come in and try to remedy that situation, which oftentimes they don't remedy, with a drug that then not only is costly to you, but oftentimes has side effects that then guess what they give you another, another drug. Oh, you had a bad, I, that's my favorite. You go in and you're like, oh, I don't, something's going on, they give you a drug. And then you go back and you're like, this didn't affect, oh, well, you know what, stay on that one. We'll give you another one to counteract something. Oh, really? That's nice, that's $60 a month. You Isn't that convenient for you? Meantime, now you're sitting home, you don't feel good, you're confused, you're on two drugs. This is what I'm saying. Pay attention to who's behind a lot of this, behind the messaging. And you know a lot of these media companies are, they're owned by pharma. By owned, I mean that's where their money comes from. So what do you think the messaging is going to look like on all this stuff? You need to be alert. Network TV, cable news, magazines, big pharma is just, it's like a little snake just slithering in and out of all of that controlling a lot of what you see. But you're not dumb, right? I'm counting on you not to be dumb. I know you're not. Think about it. Just think it through. You have kids, you know kids, think about what their thought process is like as a kid. Think about what's being pushed on people. Even if you're overweight, right? You can be overweight. There, I know plenty of people that say, oh, you know what, I let myself go. But you know it's not good for you. You know it. You know it. Think about it. Don't forget to use your own common sense because these people count on you to lose it. That's the only way they maintain their power and their, and their power grab and their money, their cash flow. I want to look at some TikTok videos here. Um, there's two that relate to what we're talking about pronouns because I, I really think that we've gone into the land of the crazy in some respect. And I'm not talking about living the life you want for yourself, but there it has to be some hold on reality, Right and some hold on the rational, or what are we even doing anymore? So I want to talk about those, and then I have to talk to you about a TikToker that had something to say about Donald Trump that's hilarious. So Tyler, I might go out of order here. Let's go to this person wears pronoun bracelets to let people know what pronouns and which gender she is that day. Okay, when you get that, we can pull it up. Let's take a look and listen. Three ways to let your friends know what gender you're feeling today. Gender fluid edition. <laughs> Pia said that you don't have to do any of these. These are just things that I do. One, pronoun bracelets. You can get different colored bracelets with different pronouns on. For example, this one says she, her. This one says he, him. And this one says they, them. The colors also correspond to how I'm feeling. So black usually goes with my black male outfits. Um, this usually goes with like my pink female outfits. And this usually goes with my non-binary outfit. Just a way to let your friends know what gender you're feeling today and how they can address you. Pins are also another good option. For example, I have this one that says they, them for when I'm feeling non-binary. Two, clothing. <laughs> Personally, I present very typically masculine when I'm feeling um, like a guy. And I present more ambiguously when I'm feeling like a non-binary. And when I'm feeling like a girl, I usually okay, wear those of pink. Sound, but anyone can wear any Be honest. Does this sound healthy to you? And she's, this is obviously a female. Okay, I'm going to say it. This is a woman. Young, young woman. This looks like a little girl to me. I don't know what her age is. My guess would be late teens, 18, 19. It's my guess. You think she, no, I think she's got to be 16. 
I bet I you she's still in that. high school. Maybe, could be, could be. I'm going to say 18. Maybe Tyler's right. I don't know. But this is this is what's going on. First of all, it's important to note this is a young person, right? They're susceptible. They're vulnerable to this language. She thinks this is funny, right? It's like a big joke. Laughing, oh, showing the bracelets, all. Is it funny to you, though? Like, think about it. Think about what her day-to-day life looks like. And now what she has requested that everyone around her has to function in this alternate universe, right? Oh, she's got a certain pin on that day. She's got a certain bracelet on that day. You have to acknowledge it. You have to abide by those rules. She's dressing. This is a very, very confused little girl. That's it. She's confused. And this kind of confusion about things that are tangibly factual are being supported by probably a school, maybe a family. It's very, very concerning, right? Because think about it. If you can do this, can't you just make anything up day to day? This is not even someone that's saying, I am, I identify as male. It's beyond that now. Now it's like every day is a different day. Today is a, do you see, it's not, this is an unserious conversation at this point. Because now when reality ceases to exist and facts cease to exist, it's just like free for all. Like, oh, today, this is, this is what it's become. Okay. So parents, I mean, I don't know what's going on here in this house, but this is not, this shouldn't be acceptable, right? Someone has to sit her down and really figure out what's going on here and why it's manifesting this way. And I wonder what the other kids feel. They have to just, I mean, I'm sure she has friends and got to be weird you got a male friend one day you get a female friend what is i don't know maybe it goes beyond that to animals i don't know i'm being sincere because where where is the line right so this this is this is where we're at and it's important to show this because it's not people say oh well it's just men women no it's not it's this is this is it now this level of just ah, is where we're at with children children She's in Hello Kitty. I know that probably made you think she was. I have Hello Kitty shirts too, though, so you never know. <laughs> you never know. She may have been younger, maybe 16, 17, could be. Okay, now let's look at it. Now we have an adult video. This is a teacher, if you would believe it. A bunch of middle schoolers owned this woke teacher when she asked for their pronouns. It's from Libs of TikTok. Let's see what the teacher says, though. Even just ignore the caption and think for yourself and think about how you feel about this. Okay, TikTok, I really need your help here on this one. I'm a teacher. I teach fifth and sixth grade. And uh, this morning, I don't know, somehow um, the concept of pronouns came up. Um, and one of my students said, well, Miss O'Dell, did you even ask me my pronouns? And I was like, whoa, I hadn't actually asked him his pronouns. And I had called him a him. And I, I said, oh, uh, I'm so sorry. I haven't actually called you. I mean, asked you what your pronouns are. And um, what are they? And he said, I'm sorry, banana said, banana and rock. And I was like, dude, no, like, don't mess around. I was I was actually really upset because I thought he was making fun of it. And in fact, I'm still pretty sure he was making fun of it. And, uh, but they all agreed, no, like you can choose anything. Banana, rock, if you want banana and rock to be a pronoun, banana and rock's a pronoun. Is it? TikTok, tell me. This is a grown woman. This woman teaches in in classrooms. This is a grown ass woman. And she's legitimately asking you like, well, if they say rock and banana, like, do I, like, tell me, like, do I have to acknowledge that? This is where we're at. Do you understand what's going on? 
these kids are having a field day with this, first of all. They're like, oh, pronouns. I'm rock. I'm foam. I'm pen. I'm water. And they're like, you have to, you have to play. That, because they, they can't, for the life of them, some of them probably figure out what's going on here. They're young. Their minds cannot wrap around someone comes in and it's like, I'm a girl today. I'm a boy tomorrow. Like They're like, oh, you can just be whatever you want to be. Wouldn't that be a logical endpoint for a child's mind, fifth grader on this? Yes. Yes, it would. They'd be like, oh, today I'm going to, it's like dress up, right? It's like, a, it's like you play house. Today, I'm going to be the mom. Today, I'm going to be the dad. Today, I'm going to be the cat. You know, this is what's happening. And the teacher, these people are, I don't know, some type of dysfunction is going on here. First of all, what are you going on? You're a grown woman. What are you doing on TikTok asking somebody? You don't know in the classroom that the student can't just say that they're a rock? You can't. Well, no. You know why? Because if she looks at the little boy and says, you can't call yourself a rock today. How in the same breath is she going to look at that little boy and say, you can't call yourself a girl today because it's not a girl, it's a little boy. Do you understand what, what happens here? Now you're going to have a whole bunch of adults in settings that don't know how to behave. Because in a world where facts cease to exist and everything is subjective, everything is subjective. Everything. So they're not going to be able to scold you. Like they don't. So now they got to go to TikTok and be like, help me. What do I do? And you know what a lot of kooks are going to say? Well, let him be a rock. Let him be. Maybe he feels like a banana that day. Can you imagine adults out there? Can you imagine being a child growing up in this absolute confusion all the time? I mean, it's two and two, four. What if it's not for to me? I'm bad at math. I am. Let's not forget that is racist. It's two and, racist. Two and two doesn't equal four. Two, two, two and two is five. And to say two and two equals four is racist. Well, that's and right. And misogynistic. That's right. Because the entire, because patriarchy. <laughs> because the patriarchy. Because the entire structure that we operate in is racist and misogynist. So two and two equals four was created in that structure. So I'm making it five. I feel better. And now we all got to say, no, really, though, where is this going? Where is it going? You're not worried about even if you're like, OK, this doesn't directly affect my life. It's going to. It is going to affect your life in some way. This is absolute madness. And nobody can say it because everyone's afraid that the second they say that they're going to get canceled. So I don't give a shit. I'm going to say it. This is madness. This is way beyond way beyond the live and let live now. You got kids in class that are going to be able to say, yeah, um, what about Halloween? What if they want to make Halloween every day? I dressed up as Madonna many times, like a virgin, had my outfit. I'm Madonna. I'm Madonna. What if I came in here and I was like, I'm Madonna? Okay. I could actually see that happening. Well, you know, you never, I do like the 80s. I do fancy the 80s. I know a dancer too from the Like a Virgin tour, Tyler. I'm just going to say. Comment in the chat. Like the video and it may come out. Just saying, I do have uh, my secondary bridal gown was very similar to that outfit and I'm not above putting it on. Okay. Like the video. Anyway, let's go to a TikToker. Now, I want to shift a little bit over from 
this topic, but keep within the realm of the pand- a, pand- a new pandemic, I'd like to cite. CDC, you ready? Take notes. A pandemic of adolescent adults, okay? Because this woman, that was the teacher that we just showed, is an adult baby, right? You have to go to TikTok and ask a question about whether a student in a class can identify as a rock to you. You were an adult baby, okay? So now we have another adult baby that I saw, and Libs of TikTok had this one too. They had some really funny stuff this week. Well, it's like you wonder why they got banned. It's because they just keep pulling right. out gems like this. These are, remember now, good point, Tyler. They got banned for showcasing the crazy. They didn't edit the videos. They just let the crazy people show you who they are and just said here, and they got banned. Tells you everything you need to know. Anyway, there's this TikToker who says she doesn't want anyone who voted for Trump to do a number of services for her, like ringing up her groceries, fixing her car, providing others. It's a grown, well, I don't know how this old this woman is. 50, over 50, I would say. That's my guess. Don't hate if I got it wrong. But let's just take a listen to what she says. And you tell me if this sounds like a grown adult. Let's see. I don't know if I'm being a bit extreme with this, but prior to 2016, I go in the supermarket and there's a person next to me. The, the clerk who checked me out, go to the doctor's office, talk to the receptionist, the doctor, go to the dentist, get my car fixed. I had no issue. Now, now, 2022, I'm looking at the receptionist at the doctor's office and wondering if she's a Trump supporter. I'm wondering if my mechanic voted for Trump. I don't want you fixing my motherfucking car, right? the supermarket the cashier who's ringing me through did you vote for trump because i don't want you ringing my shit up my dentist don't be drilling me bitch if you voted for trump is anybody else like me <laughs> she thinks I don't know funny. Being- there are people like that i mean you know this is not a joke there are people that exist like like this this and joy behar like that is joy could de- make that video and mean it i'm not playing I remember her telling a story on The View about masks and something. She wouldn't, go, she wouldn't go into the dentist's office unless everybody had gotten the vaccine. They all had to tell her, it's none of your business, girlfriend, what they did and didn't do. I can't with these people, these statists, these big government, like these little tyrants, mini tyrants. Anyway, here's another little tyrant. I hope that, listen, I don't want your car to stall on the side of the road, lady, but it happens to all of us, right? And you know what you do in those moments. You call AAA. You call, you call somebody. Unless you're from Texas, in which case you probably hop out of the car and you change that tire yourself. Am I right, Tyler? Uh, yes. Okay. I, on the other hand. Self-sufficiency is a beautiful thing. Self-sufficiency. You come from one of the red states. You're like, I'm not, I don't need to call. I get out. Get your, you ever see those people on the side of the road? I, I just observe in awe. Coming from New York, I, I learned how to change a tire. I don't do it well. I haven't had enough practice. But anyway, you call. Most people go to the side of the road, women in particular, and we're like, somebody help me. Help me do, you know. I hope that she calls AAA and they come and she says, did you vote for Trump? And they say, yeah. And I hope she says, well, I don't want you to change my tire. And they're like, peace out. See you later. (laughs) Bye. How dumb is this? How unbelievably narrow-minded and nauseating is it that everybody that exists in your orbit at every second of every day has to agree with your politics? Can you imagine that these people are trying to exist in an adult world? Where do they live? 
where they're all maybe New York City. Who knows? Everybody there is like a Stafford wife, just completely hypnotized. Maybe that's where. Most people are not this way, though, right? Most people are just like, whatever, who cares? As long as you're not shoving your thoughts down my face 24 hours a day, what do I care if I go to the dentist and somebody feels differently? This is a sickness. This is a sickness that has emerged among adults. Adult babies, one, and this is not a mentally healthy person. Now, she laughs at the end. Maybe it's all a big joke. I don't know. But I can tell you there are people that say this with a straight face. I know them in New York City. Some used to be friends. They got a little upset with me about the mandates. You know, I was endangering other people. I wasn't. They all got COVID after that. Ridiculous. Well, and how, how far does this go? Does she call and vet her plumber? Like, are you they not going to have your plumber come fix your pipes if, if he voted for Trump? Are you not going to buy goods from Walmart because the truck driver possibly voted for Trump? Are you going to call Walmart there and There are people them? like this in New York City who ask I'm not kidding. I believe you. They ask about your politics, and if they don't get a response they like, they're like, no. Now, I think it would be interesting. I think the timing is, is key, though, right? Like, if she's someone's bagging your groceries, she's not going to want to do that. And then they're like, they t- I, I, oh, it would be great. It would be great if people just started vomiting out. I voted for Trump. Anyone not want your groceries bagged here? And people are just like, what do I do? she would let her. Let me tell you something. In a tight spot. When push comes to shove. She's not going to be like, oh, <laughs> you voted for Trump. Never mind. I'll bag my own. Gro-. No, you're going to just, you're going to let that one slide and then go home and be like, I'll just leave that part out of the video. Got her, my groceries. Her toilet's backing up. It's <laughs> yeah, like coming no, out of the shower drain. No. Did, did you vote for Trump? You know who does it? The privileged. Right. The privileged do it. Right. The elitists in New York that they can afford to just, oh, you really? Oh, I can't. I just can't do it. Honestly, this is a big, beautiful world. There's a lot of people in it that feel differently about things. If you can't coexist with them, honestly, stick a pacifier in your mouth, put on a diaper, and if you're going to act like a baby, start dressing like one. And not to mention, what if you voted for Trump just because you didn't want to vote for Hillary? Right. Like, I didn't, so like, let's right. just say you're somebody who didn't support Trump, but you voted for him because you knew Hillary would be the you worst You felt like president. you had nothing, at, where else were you going to go? Right. You're going to yeah. vote for Kamala? <laughs> you know I was going to do it. T- you knew it was coming. You know what's coming? Can't talk Kamala without the cackle. Sorry. All right. Okay, I have to do this story. Now, this story is interesting because I wanted to show the video and we can't. And this is a really funny story. I say to Tyler, this is, let me give you the title first. This is fantastic. Athlete loses race in Columbia after his penis came out in the middle of the run. <laughs> you see it. You see it come out. So I say to Tyler before the show, can we show the video? And he's like, oh, yeah. I said, Tyler, did you watch the video? He watched the video. He texted me back. I don't think we could show that video. You know why? People, I can't show it to you, but you can Google it. This is from News 18. It comes out and it's flopping around in the wind. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was out and proud. I got to read a little bit of the story. Okay, check this out. This poor guy, oh my gosh. In an unfortunate turn of events, an athlete lost a 400 meter race at the 2022 World Athletics U-20 Championships. Not just any old race, due to a wardrobe malfunction. That's right, 18 years old, poor guy, Alberto Nonino, who hails from Italy. Oh man, doing my heritage dirty, I'm saying. Of course it's in Italian. I can say that, I'm Italian. Was competing in the 400 meter decathlon in Colombia when the incident took place. After, oh, he passed the middle lane. He looked uncomfortable and kept reaching down to hold his crotch a couple of times. You see it. Let me explain to you what goes on in the video. 
you watch the video and you see that he's ahead and he keeps reaching down and he's trying to put it back in. Now, can I, several times, it was just out, proud, just dangling in the wind. Can I ask though, why no underpants? <laughs> Who goes to run a decathlon and that day decides that they're going to go commando? Men out there, when you run, speak to me in the chat. Who knew this was going to get to exposed penises? When you run, do you tighten it up in there? Is there? Isn't there usually some type of thing, Tyler, help me out, in the shorts that keeps it in? No? They come with like a, like, you have lined shorts, so you don't have to wear boxers. But This was not lined properly, or... Maybe this guy just saw a really big excuse to just like I have to ask were the shorts missized was the package too big for the shorts it's possible somebody gave him a teeny tiny pair of shorts and a certain appendage would not stay inside maybe it's not his fault I feel so bad he's 18 years old he's never gonna live this down let me tell you something people you can zoom in and you see everything if you're looking for something salacious today go look it out check it out anyway he says I just want to talk to you about the rumpus that's been on blogs and social media. I'm conscious it was obviously an accident. And I'd like to tell you I'm aware of the reaction and you don't need to send me the links to the blogs out there. People were sending him the links. Oh, the deep humiliation. I can't. All right. So note to men, just a bit of advice. If you're going to go for a run, long shorts, always an option. Or you can have the little, you know, the briefs underneath. Keep that in. Keep it in. You never know. You could be talking to somebody and there's just suddenly somebody else came out to say hello. I'm just, telling you, I think he just saw an opportunity. He's like, you, you know think what? So? Everybody's going to be watching me. I'm going to have cameras everywhere. Check out what I got for you. He may have gotten a few dates off of that. I'm just saying the package was quite large. All right, moving on. Um, <clears throat> license plates. Very hard to transition off of that story. I know people in the background chuckling. I hear you. All right. License plates in New York City. This was a fun one because I noticed, you always see those custom plates. Everybody has those custom plates. These are the vulgar license plate requests that the DMV rejected in New York. Leave it to New York, by the way. I have to share, share some of these with you. It's from the New York Post. We're going to go through the list. I think it's on the second page of the ones that didn't make it. <laughs> yes, Daddy was one of them. F, Joe Biden. That's one of my favorites. F, D, Trump. Fly mofo. Oh, ass man. <laughs> I'm doing a mad order. Milf dad. I like that one. Let's see what else we have. You can keep scrolling if you want. I have a bunch here. Well hung. W-L-H-U-N-G. <laughs> That's great. CNN lies. How come you couldn't have that? How come you can't have CNN lies? And what's wrong? Booby? Is that really that bad? Why would you want booby on your license? But you got to ask. I really got to wonder who submitted these booby. Bud Light was, yes, daddy. That's, we talked about that one. Then there's some, F. Joe Biden. I love that one. F.D. Trump. Can't do political stuff. I didn't know that. Glocks? Why is that bad? It's New York. It's New York. Figures. Fly mofo. Oh, yes. What's wrong with that? You know, and you know what? You have to be careful when you do these because people think, listen, you think you're being all cool with a license plate that says Satan because that one was rejected too. 
You think that's all cool until something bad happens. You go through a red light and now they're like, oh, Satan's on the loop. They're going to get you with that one. They don't have to say like N5, 4, 60, 500 is on. Gets confusing. Sometimes they can't catch it, but Satan is catchy. I love the way they did Satan too. S8 tan. I don't know what to say, man. Do you think these are options people submitted or are they just like, you know, every day like, hmm, what could somebody do that we don't like? Oh, I think people probably submitted them. You think so? Oh, yeah. There's people with a lot of time on their hands in New York City. This is what they do in their spare time, honestly. Doesn't surprise me at all. All right. Final story. Oh, two final stories of the day, actually. I'm going to do this one quick, and then I'm just going to do a video that you have to see. Let me get to this one first. Australian woman. This one had me like, honestly, I just can't. Sometimes I just can't. People, I can't. Australian woman explains why New York City men have the best dating game. They don't. Okay, tease on that one. Let's see, though. Australian dating columnist Jana Hawking came to New York to observe how Australian men measure up to the, what is that? Blokes? Mm-hmm. Is that how they say it? Yes. Okay. Back up. People nodding in the background? Okay. <laughs> the blokes. Whatever. Back home. Here's what she found. This is what she says. Something really stood out to me. New York blokes have got game. And not in a bad F boy, fuck boy, kind of way. They love when they edit stuff. More in a charming, hey, why not give it a shot kind of way. As I perused a shop, I watched as a very stereotypical New York guy caught eyes with an attractive shop assistant and boldly said, hey, baby girl, what are you doing later? Bold. How lame is that? First, what is going on, by the way, in Australia? If you think New York City men have game, you're in trouble. Australian men, I don't know. She goes on to say what is specific about New York guys that stands out for her. And it's one word for her, confidence. Okay, so let me tell you something. I grew up in New York City. I was in New York City my entire life, except for a couple of years in Florida when I was like three. So New York City my whole life, New York men are known throughout the country. I'm sorry if you're a New York. I'm not talking about every single New York guy. You're, you're, I see already in the chat somebody's going to be like, I'm from New York. I don't do any of that. I get it. But I'm talking about most. Some of the worst guys to date in the country are in New York City. Everybody will tell you that. You will hear women all the time from the Northeast saying, you got to get out of New York. You got to get out. Even go to New Jersey. Just do something to get out. They are the worst guys to date. I'll tell you why. First of all, they're not gentlemanly at all. They're not. They're not going to open your car door. They're going to look to split the bill. I'm telling you straight. Okay. They're not going to come drop you off, pick you up at the front door. None of that stuff. I mean, maybe they'll hail a cab for you. You're going to pay for it, honey. Nine out of 10 times, you're going to pay for it. They'll open that door. Maybe hail that cab and be like, ah, see you later. Ah, yeah. You know what? You're not going to get a call either. Making sure you got in okay at the other end. You're not going to get a call. Believe me, I have a ton of single friends right now in New York City. You're not going to get that call. Maybe you'll get a text the next day. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So they're not gentlemanly. I wrote a little list for myself to remind myself. They're very self-absorbed. Very self-absorbed. There's a lot of this all the time. You're on a date. You're not on a date. Extremely like obsessed with the whole look going on okay they take more time than you to get ready in the bathroom oftentimes i'm not exaggerating it's not an exaggeration 
There's a delayed, we talked about like delayed adolescence. They're overgrown babies. So in Texas, for example, like you're a man, they grow boys into men. By the time you're 23, you're a man in Texas. You're expected to act like a man. You're expected to behave like a man. That's like 40 something in New York. You go through all of your 20s and all of your 30s like an overgrown baby. I'm not kidding around. You, you're out in the club. I can't tell you how many times I would go to the club in my like early 20s and I'd see like near 50 year old guy there just like, you know, chilling like he's he never got out of college. He's still doing that thing. And I'm not talking about being 50 and you're out with a bunch of friends and going out to a lounge at night and, you know, it's your night. and have, I'm not talking about that. You know who I'm talking about. Everybody can spot that guy in the club who's acting like he's 22 and it's sad. It's a sad situation. There's a lot of them in New York City. A lot of them. And also, they're not, she's saying they're confident. They're not. They're not confident at all. Some of the most insecure men because they're always hiding behind a phone. They rarely come up to you in person. There's a lot of fear that goes into that equation. I don't know where she was hanging out. I don't see a neighborhood here. Uh, yeah, I don't see a neighborhood mentioned. I just see New York City. I, I would love to know. But that these are not qualities that you're going to hear New York women be like. New York, you know where New York women go to find their men? Texas. Mm-hmm. They go to the Midwest. They go to Texas. And I'll tell you a big difference. It was interesting. I used to date a guy that lived in Chicago, uh, outside of Chicago. His family lived in Lake Forest. Lovely family, gorgeous home, like beautiful, beautiful family. And um, I remember that his friends were so gentlemanly. They, but they were like Chicago guys. And I was like, well, that's a city, right? It's a blue city. What's so different? And he used to say to me, babe, this is the Midwest. Like, you can't behave like that over here. It was fantastic. And it was a moment where I was like, that's true. So yes, they occasionally you will see like my husband's from New Jersey, not like this. You'll see if you, the further you get from New York City, the better luck you have. They'll go up. Women will go upstate. They will hop on planes to meet men. And most of the time when they really decide that it's time to settle down, they move. They pick up. New York is a place you come to when you're young, when you don't give a shit about a lot of things. You don't give a shit about spending a lot of money for like a, a room that you can touch both walls. I told you my first apartment. I'm not kidding. Oh, I wish I had a picture. You could just be like this. I was, that was my bedroom. You don't care. You're like, oh, you're spending your money. You're young. You're not thinking about saving. You're like, meh, meh. You're not looking to settle down, so you go out on these dates. And you're like, oh, what a loser. This guy's such a loser, whatever. You know, It's not so funny when you're sitting with that loser at 35, and you're like, God, did he check his phone again? Did he really not make eye contact? Am I paying half for half of the dinner? Not so funny. They go to Texas. A friend of mine from New York just, just went and met a guy from Texas, um, the Austin area, and she went to Texas. She went on a dating app. She was going back and forth there to go to a retreat every now and then, a health retreat. She goes out there. She had been divorced. She had been married to a New York guy before that years ago, dated around in New York, horrible experiences. Goes out to Texas. Her friend says, go on the dating app and just go on a date out here. Goes on a date. She comes home. She's like, I met the first man I ever met in my life tonight. I, she could not believe the behavior difference in terms of just being gentlemanly, opening doors, like caring enough, like real conversation, like not obsessed with a phone, like eye contact. She was blown away. So I'm telling you, man, if New York and LA and Miami guys really had to compete 
with like the Cowboys. <laughs> Can somebody do a TV show on that, please? Like the real Texas Cowboys. They're yummy. I'm just saying, maybe I should do a dating show. <gasps> Wouldn't that be great if I brought back, like you guys remember the Love Connection? If we brought that back and we had like people from all over the country, we could bring some Cowboys in, Tyler. It'd be so fun. So what you're saying is that if you live in Texas, yeah, or wherever, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Kansas, whatever, and you go to New York, yeah, you could crush. You could crush. Yeah, you could. Also, if you live in those places as a female and you visit New York, I cannot tell you how many because I have most of my like people I know now are in Texas, Tennessee. They go to New York, and they're like, "Where are the men?" Like, these are just little, where, are they all little boys? I'm not kidding. Straight up, I'm telling you, straight up. That's how it works. These guys in Texas, they're like operating their own farm. They've got like, I, we have a friend that has like a water well. They're like armed. They know their self-defense. They, I hear them like, they say like ma'am to people. Like, hey ma'am, get polite. <sighs> That's attractive. My husband went to school in Texas, and I'm telling you, I, I always tell him, that's what did it for me. Never, hey, ma'am. Excuse me, miss. Excuse me. Look, Tyler oh, from San Antonio. Never, never, hey, ma'am. See, I New Yorkified that, didn't I? I'm New York. I'm a little rough around the edges. I'm not going to lie. I am. You I like how you notice. said 23. Yeah. Men, men in Texas, yeah, men 20. when they're 20, try, try like 16. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, but I still feel like financially, you know, like you got to get out of college. But they like, my husband went to school at Rice in Houston and he left New Jersey. Oh, what a smart guy. Left me, he was like, I'm out. Went to Texas and he was like, they, you're grown. You come out of college. They're like, his friends were like, okay, I have to save up time to get a house. Time to, you know, okay, next stage of life. Let's go. Like they were internally men. You know, and he was, he always says, like, he went back to New York and he's like, I'm looking around. It's like a bunch of like 30 year olds that still haven't figured out anything. I'm telling you, man, these pla these places, they would eat everybody alive. Okay. Last topic of the day, because I've gone on too long. I was like, I'm going to keep it tight to an hour. I don't know how to do that. You all know that. Last one, I have to rip on McDonald's. Not going to get any sponsorships. And that's fine by me. This is fantastic. I just want to remind you all on my health and wellness mission to eat real food. Take a look at this. McDonald's employee exposes strawberry banana smoothie. Yeah. Guess what? It doesn't have strawberry and it doesn't have banana. Take a look at the McDonald's strawberry banana smoothie. What you actually eat at McDonald's. Strawberry banana smoothie. It's syrup. It's sugary syrup. Look at it. And then they, you know what they do? Take a bunch of, ooh, squashing it up with a bunch of nasty, probably unfiltered ice. So chlorine. And there it is. What? Your strawberry banana smoothie. I'm telling you. I told you as a mom, my proudest moment is that my child doesn't know what McDonald's is. He doesn't know. He looks at the arches. He no. Nothing. He goes down the junk food aisle in the grocery store and he's like, mm. you know what he says? Mommy, can I have blueberry? I cry a tear. I do. And I give him that blueberry and sometimes a kale chip. Good parenting. Yeah, seriously, people, honestly, if you want to get well in terms of everybody's got an ailment these days, right? Everybody's got something. I know you're out there thinking, what's my ailment? Do you sleep well? Maybe not. Heart restless at night, headaches. People have insomnia all the time. 
autoimmune disease. It's like everybody you meet's got an autoimmune disease. I'm telling you, man, the poison in the grocery store and the poison in places like McDonald's, this is, this is junk. Your body's not thanking you after you do. You want a strawberry banana smoothie? Let me tell you how to make one. You want to hear? I think you're ready. Coconut water, organic coconut water is delicious. Pour that into a blender. Take some fresh strawberries. Take some fresh banana. You can even put some raw cocoa powder in there. If you want extra kick, you can put a little bit of raw honey in there. You blend that up. You blend that sucker up. You're going to feel good after you drink it. Real bananas, real strawberries. Do that for your kids. This stuff, mm-mm. Chronically ill population, not good. So that's my reminder. Also, this is a great segue to let you know, on Wednesday, we have a fantastic guest who's going to be here. We have Dr. Christian Gonzalez. Dr. Gonzalez is awesome. He knows everything about underground wellness. He's going to talk to you about what is making you sick that you never would have even thought about, stuff that's really easy to fix in your own life. Super empowering guy, very interesting. I have some questions for him. May not agree on everything. May disagree here and there, but like he's a wealth of knowledge. And he does this stuff about emotional release therapy. Essentially, we're all being bogged down by our emotions and it's making us sick. Do you believe it? Do you not believe it? You're going to want to tune in. You're going to want to hear what he has to say. Do we have anything from the chat, Tyler, before we bid farewell? We do. We got to give some love to the super chats. We really appreciate him. Um, KS gave five bucks, said you can't be fat and healthy. If you're going into police and fire service, sign up for a gym. Yep. Good point. And Scott gave three super chats. He gave 15 bucks. He said, uh, first, don't give uh, Bill too much credit. He trash talked Trump for four years straight. Gave another five bucks that I have a sticker on my Prius that says I identify as an F-250, which is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> that's great. I love that. I, I, it seems as though I have my own cackle there. I didn't even realize that. So <laughs> it's going to be like, Jed, <laughs> I don't know if you should do the Kamala cackle anymore. Thank you all for the super chats. That's awesome. We got one more. So yeah. this one's a question. He says, Jedediah, what is a healthy number of times a week a married couple in their 40s should have sex? <sighs> At no. least 12. No, uh, I would say you have to be realistic. It's, I don't know how old your kids are. Like, I don't know what's going on in your life, your work hours, but I would shoot for three. I would say three is a healthy amount. Three to four, but three. I know it can get tough. I know, like, I don't know your situation, but at least three. I could say five or six, but that's, I don't think that's being realistic for a lot of people's lives. The more, the better. Truthfully, sex is very healthy. I don't know if you know that. Like, you can't have a discussion about wellness unless you talk about sex. You have to be like, it, it's not only bonding with your partner, but it actually gets a lot of endorphins flowing, circulation flowing. Sex is really, really healthy. So if you're not doing it three times a week, you got to up your game. I would say three to four. Um, yeah, that's my advice. What do you think, Tyler? Was that good advice? Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's fair because, you know, I don't know how little their kids are. Also, I don't want to set expectations too high. I come out here and I say seven and you're like, wait a minute, I can't, you know, I don't know your situation. So we got to, you know, you can start slow and you can ease in, you know, getting ripped for that one. Getting a lot of 12s, 18s. Really? No, you can't. Okay, you can't have sex 18 times a week. Like, I mean, I listen, I keep it on the high end. I'm not going to lie. Poor Jeremy's exhausted. But 18 that's a lot. How you squeezing out? You got nothing else to do? Don't you got work or I don't know? You got to eat at some point. Or you? Oh, you multitask. Maybe the bur- you eat the burger while you're having sex. That could be chocolate sauce mixing it. My mind's gone to a dirty place. Feels like a Friday. Just saying. Thanks for that, Scott. We appreciate that. <laughs>
<laughs> well, thank you all for joining us today. Wednesday is going to be fun. Um, we also have a guest on Friday. We have a new Shoot the Shit uh, guest. We have Anthony Mendez. He deals in fitness and fitness consulting and personal training. And we're going to talk to him about everything going on that's good, bad in the gym. Our personal trainers, kind of outdated. We're going to talk about all that. So this is going to be a busy week. It's going to be a fun week. Thank you for joining us today. We will be back Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be fun. Be there.